Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Let's get to our counterpoint. We got plenty to discuss. Let's bring in Anthony Fury, who you can read in the Sun Post Media. He's a columnist over there. And Bob Richardson, senior counsel over at National Public Relations. Hello, guys. Good Friday. All right. Well, I know where you guys are. You're certainly not uh, out with the protesters at the Monk debate. Very uh, fulsome debate going on down there. And uh, they demanded it be canceled and the Monk group refused. And I'm glad about that. But here, just take a listen to some of the, you know, what you're called if you go to a debate like this. Nice, polite conversation tonight about white supremacy. Everybody's here to be entertained by the foreign white supremacists who came to visit us. There you go. So if you uh, went to this thing, you are a white supremacist and you'll be named shame put all over the web. Where are you th- on this, Bob? Uh, I am uh, in favor of the debate going ahead. Um, I don't think uh, we have laws in this land. If people say inappropriate things, they should be charged and, and the laws should be fully enforced. But I don't think Bob Richardson should be deciding who gets to speak or Alex Pearson or, quite frankly, Andrea Horvath. So uh, my view is, I think it's quite a legitimate event, and uh, I've uh, been quietly watching it, and it's uh, it's quite an interesting debate, and I'm glad it's gone ahead, and I'm glad the protesters were there. So you're... it also uh, demonstrates free free speech, and I think that's good too as well. Yeah, I have no issue, uh, you know, with the protests, Anthony. I just think they're a bit um, schizophrenic in the sense that they, they don't they're so concerned about the anti-Semitism and Hitler and the rise of all this uh, neo-Nazism. But yet they don't speak out against BDS. They don't speak out against Al-Quds. Alex, back in the day, you and I were both personalities on Sun News Network. We did all the various shows. It was very controversial. You know, there were a lot of people who had a lot of things to say to us. And when I go to parties, and people say, well, what would you do? And I'd say, oh, I do Sun News Network. And I'd say, I heard this and that about it and blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, okay, tell me, name a segment that I did when I was hosting or appearing as a guest that you have a problem with. Name something that I said on air that you have a problem with. And they went blank and they couldn't because somebody told them that there was something about the station they didn't like. It was all nonsense. And then when I when they actually went and watched stuff, they'd email me later and say, oh, I'm sorry, I got a, I got a little confused. I don't have a problem with what you're saying. And that's what's going on with Steve Bannon right now. There's a lot of hearsay about what he says and what he thinks. Just watch the darn debate and you're going to figure out whether he is a white nationalist, for instance, which I do not believe he is. And I think people... I uh, just need to wake up in the morning and put on their big boy pants when they're dealing with these issues. There's a lot of immaturity going on out there, Alex. Yeah, it's a bit strange, the climate we are in. I mean, I just, I'd rather see the hate out in the open if there's hate to be had. I just don't believe in driving it underground because then what? Um, a, a story breaking late today and, and um, a somewhat shocking headline because earlier this morning, Jim Wilson was, in fact, with Premier Ford as he unveiled the signs uh, showing that Ontario is open for business. And then we learned today he's not just resigned from the minister that he was in charge of, of economic development, job creation and trade, but he's also resigned from caucus to deal with substance abuse issues. And I really like Jim Wilson. He's got a wealth of, of uh, experience, uh, Bob. He's been around for a long, long time. And this is a big, big blow to uh, the government? Well, it certainly is. I mean, this is obviously one of its most senior ministers, yeah. and uh, I feel very badly hearing this. I think yeah. Jim Wilson is a good guy. I've worked in and around Queen's Park for 20, 25 years, so I'm obviously familiar with him. I think he's done a very good job representing the people in uh, Collingwood and in Simcoe County, uh, and has generally been, uh, you know, one of those kind of 
solid members. He, he's sort of the Ralph Goodale of, uh, of the Progressive Conservative Party at Queen's Park. So I'm sorry to hear this. I wish him the best, and mm-hmm. I hope he's able to uh, overcome these things and, uh, and come back because, uh, you know, as I said, he's a good guy, and, uh, and uh, he deserves, uh, if anyone deserves another chance, he'd be one of the people that'd be on that list. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he can come back because he's resigned from caucus. But yeah, I, I do too because he's he's been the head really of uh, a lot of the the push for the reforms on Bill One Forty Eight. Um, Anthony and I, I I have all the faith in Todd Smith that he can do the job too. It's just it was surprising to hear that Jim's gone. I'm going to take a slightly different position on this, and I don't know Jim Wilson at all, even though I do know many uh, MPPs. And what I'm about to say is not a comment on Wilson specifically or, or, or anything about his life. But if I became leader of a party or premier or what have you, I would say to the entire caucus, look, guys, you keep it all squeaky clean. You keep the bottle far away. You keep your pants on. You keep everything 100% above board. And I have the highest highest threshold of expectations for all of you. And there are too many people in the political world who do not do that. And too many people who let themselves slip It is a world of temptation. It is a world where there's a lot of lonely people. There's a lot of booze flowing and so forth. And people need to do better. Well, yeah, but they're not immune from being ill. I mean, I mean, addiction doesn't care who you are. And it's a high profile job. I mean, it's a high stress job, too. So if Jim Wilson has a substance addition, a, a substance abuse uh, issue, he should get the same respect that we give everyone else with uh, any kind of mental health uh, issue well, that we say. I, I agree with that. And, and welcome to the real world, because if you do not think that these issues are, are going on in banking and finance, uh, in uh, the upper levels of all sorts of other businesses, dare I say it, in the media world. Uh, and my comments apply in other those worlds, too. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going on. So, you know, I think uh, what what we don't need is uh, the world being run by, um, you know, um, nuns in Tibet um, uh, uh, because nobody else qualifies because they've uh, made mistakes all, along the way or perhaps have some vulnerabilities in life. I think your position was ridiculous. Uh, and it's not one that I support, and I'm, I'm glad he's seeking treatment. And I think uh, we need a mix of people who, uh, who've been through rough and tumble in life. Uh, that's how you get good decisions made out of Queen's Park. Um, when you have people with uh, various backgrounds and not everybody who's fallen out of a monastery. Yeah, I mean, I, well, now, we're assuming that nothing else will come out, but... Go ahead. Uh, hold on a second. I'm obviously in full support of people seeking help and going at treatment when they need it. But I will never, ever step down from saying that we should all have the highest ex- expectations of people in all categories. Yeah. Well, we'll see, because I don't think the story's done, but we'll see where it goes. I do wish him well, though. I do. I've, I've always liked him. He's always been a really nice guy to deal with. Let's talk a little bit um, quickly about, uh, I think, what, what can only kind of be looked as a direct challenge to the Ford government by the feds. Have, uh, they've unveiled new legislation to protect uh, vulnerable workers, including paid emergency leave days, scheduling rights, equal pay for temps, and casual workers. And it's all really, yeah, I think, a challenge, Bob, to to Bill 148. And ironically, Jim Wilson was pushing these reforms in 148, and I don't know if this plays a hand in it, but there's no question the feds are coming back and swinging back at the, uh, at the Ford government. I say good for them. It's a liberal government, and they're pushing forward a liberal point of view. Um, this has been in the works for a long period of time. I think uh, they're a little less reactive to the Ford government than the Ford government likes to think that they are. 
Uh, but uh, I think it's absolutely uh, the, the type of thing that they should be putting forward as liberals. And um, I think people are quite, quite frankly, happy to see it. And, you know, this is a government at Queen's Park that seems good at, at, uh, at giving shots, but not so good at taking it. And it seems to take everything personally when somebody says something against them. Um, uh, put on your big boy pants and get used to uh, um, uh, dealing in a federation the size of Canada. And uh, the government of uh, Canada is entirely within its rights uh, to point out shortcomings in the province, particularly given their uh, given the way that they've conducted themselves in the last few months. Um, Patty Hadjdu, who's the employment minister for the feds, uh, she blasted the, the, the Ford government saying that the changes of uh, to the Bill 148 were politics of cruelty. But, uh, Anthony, if you talk to small business owners, they won't speak publicly about this, but they're very relieved that there are changes coming in. You know, Alex, I can't blame the Liberals for wanting to take this issue and lead on it over and above what the province is doing, because right now, on a lot of federal issues, returning foreign fighters, the carbon tax, a number of others, Doug Ford, the premier of a province, not the prime minister, is putting the proactive ideas forward on, on the table. Doug Ford is running Canada right now, and it doesn't make Justin Trudeau look very good. So I can't blame that at all for trying to take back this issue. To Bob's uh, comment about the Federation, I get what he's saying. The problem here is the Federation has to sit down and talk about these multi-jurisdictional issues where it seems that there are three levels of government that want to have a say on the same issue over and over and over again. That is not how any federation is supposed to work. And I just don't think it's very constructive to have two levels of government fighting over this. I don't care which one actually uh, takes the conch on it, but this is not what government is about. I mean, the U.S. is constructed to not even let this stuff happen, period. In Canada, we have jurisdictional problems that are worse than that. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting fight, no question. <laughs> this, this is going to be an interesting election year. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Let's chit-chat about the Governor General because uh, she has finally broken her silence after her office basically told everyone it's none of our business about her spending. But she did explain that she does a lot of uh, appearances. You know, she did 182 last year. She sits on boards. You know, she gives a lot of speeches and she's not paid for that. So, Bob, why not then just come out and say that instead of, you know, the kind of up yours, it's not your business? Because this probably would have been put to bed a few days ago, even though clearly it needs to be looked into. Because two words that follow her in life are entitlement and no transparency. I guess that's three words. I apologize. But, I mean, the problem is those two, her and her husband, are the Icarus of public spending. (laughs) They're always sort of just kind of getting too close to that final public dollar. I mean, these guys, uh, look, she does a lot of good work. There's nobody who's going to say that. But but with public spending comes uh, transparency. Uh, there are rules, and she's got to follow them. And she has a history when she was in Ontario as a senior public servant at the CBC, the GG thing, the $5.6 million Scandinavian uh, thing, so on, that constantly follows them. So... Clearly, uh, the rules need to be public. Um, her expenses, quite frankly, probably should be public mm-hmm. the same way anybody else's are. Uh, and this needs to be re- reviewed and cleaned up. I don't begrudge her working hard, and I'm glad she does. Uh, the Clarkson Cup is a good example of that. But surely to God, at this stage in her life, she would understand that, uh, that you know, with public, uh, with public money comes transparency. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, she and her husband, John Ralston Soule, who, if you think Adam Vaughn's insufferable, whew, I've never met him. <laughs> but, uh, Anthony, you know, uh, no one will begrudge the spending, and you can't blame Justin Trudeau for it. This is a, a systematic thing that was put in place before him, but he can make the changes. What, do, what should he be doing? Look, full disclosure, I did a, a bit of work with Adrian Clarkson's Legacy Project, the Institute for Canadian Citizenship, which was funded by all governor generals. They have their sort of legacy funding. All governor generals also have a pension that is uh, tiered to inflation. So she also gets about $150,000 a year in addition to this $100,000, $150,000 a year on expenses. I think it's very important that any former prime minister governor general premier is taken care of in a way where they can conduct themselves with dignity throughout the rest of their life out of respect for the office and for our institutions. Mm -hmm. But that extra hundred thousand or 150,000 to pay for her to go and do speeches and so forth. I'm not so sure about that because if you're getting that pension money, that can arguably be money that goes towards contributing to that to some degree, or you can ask the place where you're going, well, Hey, can you, pay for my flight? Can you mm. pay for my hotel yeah. stay? I just don't understand why we have that extra bit of money. I'm okay with the Well, well maybe they are. We just don't know that. They could very well be paying for the transportation, but there's no transparency and there's no need for it, so we would not know. You know, and So there needs to be yeah. a review, and that's why I think we can say bye-bye to this parcel of money. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk about StatsCan, uh, because this has been a big talker this week. The Prime Minister, I think, is wasting a lot of political capital, uh, capital by defending this. Um, the bottom line is Canadian Canadians, I think, by and large, are very uncomfortable with the government knowing the bottom line of their bank account. Even the own privacy, the federal privacy commissioner, Bob, is saying this needs to be looked into and now. Is this a, is this a fight that Justin Trudeau might want to quit? I just don't get how we have these self-inflicted wounds week after week. And this is one. Why are we, de- you know, why are we defending, you know, the bureaucrats at Stats Canada on this one? I'm not comfortable with it. I was happy to see my bank, BMO, isn't participating. But I think it's been poorly handled. Mm-hmm. If you are going to do this, outline to Canadians why you're going to do it. it. Here it is. Here's the time frame, how it's going to work, everything like that. This looked shady. They didn't say anything, came out through the back door. Uh, and, and frankly, this is also the, the, the crew, and I say this bureaucratically, not politically, who can't administer their own payrolls. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not feeling all so good on the <laughs> privacy front on this one. Yeah. If you can't pay your own workers, uh, how, how the hell are you going to p- protect my bank account? Yeah, that's the way I feel about it, Anthony. It's just, it's, it's, it's people's most sensitive information. I don't care about the science and the data. You can get that because the banks already do this kind of work. Well, and Alex, here's the thing. They say, well, don't worry. We take privacy very, privacy very seriously. The privacy has already been violated. Yeah. I put my information in the bank. I think it's between me and the bank. I find out that's Canada has it. That's the privacy violation. Just because Agreed. the government doing it doesn't somehow mean it's okay. They say, oh, don't worry. We're not going to go give it to another corporation. You guys are the third party. Mm-hmm. How did you get your hands on this? And that is at its core what makes people uncomfortable. So the wrong has already been done. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. I mean, we already know that the credit bureaus rolled over, you know, like a... A dog looking for a belly rub, and, and and millions of Canadians already have it out there, so we don't know, but I don't know where this is going. i got to cut it there, guys, but I appreciate you joining me on this Friday. Have a good one. Thank you. Have, have a great, great week. You too. That is Bob Richardson and Anthony Fury joining us from The Sun tonight. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.